Uh, take our Bible to Psalm chapter 38. And I want to say this while you're finding your place. I'm so thankful uh, for Miss Mariah uh, being here and singing for us. Uh, she's become one of my favorites. And uh, every time she sings, the Lord just moves in and blesses and ministers. She ministers. God uses her to minister to my heart. There's a lot of singers out there, uh, but there's a, there's a handful that just helped me. And God's really used her to do that, and I'm so glad she's here. And uh, love and appreciate her and her family. Her family's uh, her family's been a blessing to us. Brother Bud's been a blessing around here for many years. He was preaching here when we was in the brick building. He fell and about killed himself. Y'all remember that? And he said, if I wouldn't have been the Holy Ghost, that would have got bad quick. And so uh, their family's been uh, been around for a long time in our in our church and this ministry. And I'm just thankful that she's here, and I want you to know that. I appreciate you. Psalm chapter number 38 tonight. Let's begin reading um, in verse number 1. I've got some thoughts out of Psalm chapter 38. And uh, let's just start reading tonight in verse number 1. If you're there, say amen. amen. Uh, Deke, give me just a little on this if you can. My voice, two weeks uh, been gone, and, and this whole week been preaching. My voice is about shot. So if you can help me out, I'd greatly appreciate it. Psalm 38, verse number 1. The Bible said, O Lord, rebuke me not in thy wrath, neither chasten me in thy hot displeasure. For thine arrows stick fast in me, and thy right, excuse me, and thy hand presseth me sore. There is no soundness in my flesh because of thine anger, neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. My iniquities are gone over mine head as a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. My wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. I am troubled. I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long. For my loins are filled with a loathsome disease and there is no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and sore broken. I have roared by reason of the disquietness of my heart. Lord, all my desire is before Thee, and my groaning is not hid from Thee. My heart panteth, my strength faileth me. As for the light of mine eyes, it is also gone from me. My lovers and my friends stand aloof from my sore, and my kinsmen stand afar off. They also that seek after my life lay snares for me, that uh, seek my hurt, speak mischievous things, and imagine deceits all the day long. But I, as a deaf man, heard not, and I was as a dumb man that opened not his mouth. Thus I was as a man that heareth not, in whose mouth are no reproofs. For in thee, O Lord, do I hope. Thou wilt hear, O Lord my God. For I said, hear me, lest otherwise they should rejoice over me. When my foot slippeth, they magnify themselves against me. For I am ready to halt. Has anybody ever been there? And my sorrow is continually before me. For I will declare mine iniquity. I will be sorry for my sin. But mine enemies are lively. They are strong. And they that hate me wrongfully are multiplied. They also that render evil for good are mine adversaries. Because I follow the thing that good is. Forsake me not, O Lord, O my God. Be not far from me. Pay attention. It says in verse 22, Make haste to help me. O Lord, my salvation. If I could for a little while, I want to preach a very simple thought, but one I believe God had for us here tonight. 
I just want to preach on three words. I need help. I need help. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, we thank you, Lord, for the good opportunity to be assembled together one more time. Now, God, I thank you, Lord, for the sweet spirit that we've already felt tonight. God, I thank you, Lord, for the psalms, the hymns, and spiritual songs, Lord, that we have sang and made melody, uh, Lord, from our hearts unto you, teaching and admonishing ourselves one with another. But, God, it's preaching time. Lord, I need you to help me, God, physically. Lord, I need your touch. God, spiritually, most of all, Lord, I need your touch tonight. Give me unction and power, Lord. Give me uh, the words to say, God. Let my heart be, uh, Lord, beat to the heartbeat of you, Lord. Let my words be your words and my thoughts your thoughts. God, help me to say and do everything to please you and nothing, Lord, to grieve you. God, give us manna from heaven tonight. God, encourage our hearts. Lord, convict our hearts, Lord. Uh, whatever we need, challenge and change and comfort the people, Lord, that you purchased in your own blood. Help me, God, to be a blessing and a help. Most of all, I pray that I would please you here tonight. God, give us power for a little while. We'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name and for his sake, and all the Lord's people said, Amen and Amen. You can be seated. If you know anything about the life of David. You know this to be true. David uh, probably went through more and fought more uh, concerning adversaries and enemies and oppressors than any probably any man in the Old Testament. It seemed like every time David got ten steps ahead, he was brought right back down. But here we find in Psalm chapter number 38 that David makes a list of things, of problems, if you will, of situations, struggles, and even people that have risen up against him. He elaborates on his oppressions and his devastations throughout his life. But may I say, David makes a claim that I believe we can all make tonight, found in verse number 22, where he says these words, make haste to help me, O Lord my salvation. Can I just stop tonight for a few moments and say these three words, I need help. Amen. I can't even begin to tell you how much help I need tonight. And in reality, I don't even know how much help that I really need from the Lord. But here's what I know tonight. I'm not looking at anybody that does not stand in need of help from the Lord. I'm looking at people. We've been through things this year and over the past eight years that uh, really we had no other cry to make besides hell. Have you ever got to the end of the rope and uh, got to, to, to where you prayed and uh, ran out of words to where you can't even utter uh, the things that you feel in your heart. There's been times in my life that the only word that I could pray was one word and I've had to say help. Amen. Uh, can I say tonight that our God is interested in helping you and helping me. Uh, did you know that God really does care even when people and places and uh, even when the church don't seem like they care, even when your spouse don't seem like they care, isn't it good to know tonight that God really does care about His children? Uh, my friend, there's not one thing on the planet uh, that my children could come to me with that I would not care about. Uh, it may be insignificant to you and really it may be insignificant 
insignificant in and of itself. But if it's a problem or if it's a situation that requires my attention as their father, I am obligated through and by my love towards them to offer and extend a hand of help tonight. Can I say, my friend, that David says, make haste to help me, O Lord. In other words, God, I don't need you right now. I needed you yesterday now. Does everybody understand that terminology? Lord, I need help, but God, I need it worse than I've ever needed it before. I need help, O Lord. That's where David is in this passage of Scripture. Uh, It's a psalm of David. He has brought forth some things in his remembrance that have troubled him and things that have uh, hindered him, things that have uh, opposed him. And here he makes the claim and the cry for God to help him in his situation. Can I say tonight, I need help. I need some participation and and some help that way too. I need help. I need help from the Lord tonight. Listen to me. If you ever reach a place where you quit asking God for help, you have reached too high of a place. You have established your own throne and you have become your own king and you have begun to reign your own life. But my friend, when you realize that we can't even walk without him holding our hands and when you realize that, that did you know it's absolutely impossible for you and I to come to church and actually have church without the help of God? Did you know I can't preach without his help? Did you know we can't pray without his help? We can't sing tonight without his help. You can't be a good witness without his help. You won't survive in your marriage without his help. Your children will go crazy without his help. This church will go under without his help. Your pastor will lose his mind without his help. I'm telling you, it's a shame. Y'all, I'd be ashamed if I could really tell you how many times I've wanted to wave a white flag and run out of here. I mean, under God, it's shameful how many times that's thought crossed my mind and entered my thoughts. But each and every time that I stick my lip out and a whine and a cry. The Lord, the Holy Ghost uh, comes by and he smites my heart. And I wish he'd leave me alone sometimes. I wish he'd quit bothering me sometimes. But at the end of the day, I'm glad for the help of Almighty God tonight. We would not have made it over eight years without his help. Has anybody been around here long enough to figure out and I know everybody says this, but we see it. The devil hates this place. Can I get a witness right there? There's churches, no doubt, the devil fights, and, and, and I know he's the enemy in the old. I understand all that, but it seems like there's certain churches that, uh, and I don't know all the details, but it seems like they're just on cruise. Is everybody with me? And I know everybody's got problems, everybody's got battles, but boy, it seems like it never stops around here. And I really don't expect no less for uh, the way God moves and the way God blesses and the things God's done. Ain't no wonder the devil's ticked off. Uh, my friend, there's times I don't know what to ask him for. There's situations I don't know how to pray about. And all I'd say is help, but can I say tonight, there's never been one time that God's failed to help me. And there's never been one time that God, let me ask y'all something, where would you be tonight had God not came by your way and extended you an arm of help and lent you a hand of help and offered you grace and forgiveness. I'm telling you tonight, I need help from the Lord. Yes, sir. 
I need his help tonight. I want to say first of all tonight, I need help concerning my flesh and my failures. Any of y'all got issues with failures and flesh? But we're living in a day hardly nobody even admit that. But ain't not one of us. I'm just going to tell you in case you're wondering. Well, I don't know if I do or not. You do. Ain't nobody here that got their flesh and their failures completely under control. And listen, uh, my friend, and I know God gives us help in these areas, but without His help, your flesh would reign and would run your life. If you didn't have the help of the Lord and the Holy Ghost and the Word of God and the house of God, my friend, we'd all be a basket case tonight because of our own flesh. Notice what David says in verse 1. He says, O Lord, rebuke me not in thy wrath, neither chasten me uh, in thy hot displeasure, for thine arrows stick fast in me, and thy hand presseth me sore. There is no soundness in my flesh uh, because of thine anger, neither is there any rest in my bones uh, uh, because of my sin. Look at verse 4. For mine iniquities are gone over my head as a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. You know what David acknowledges? Yes, he's the shepherd boy. Yes, he's the psalmist. Yes, he's king of Israel. Yes, he's God's anointed. I understand he's a good man. But we've seen David had major flaws. We read this morning how he took a grudge all the way to the grave with Shimei. We know the story of Bathsheba and how he killed Uriah, stole his wife away, laid with her, had a son out of God's will and out of wedlock. And that son had to die because of his sin. I know David's a good man, but David ain't God. And David had issues uh, with his flesh and with his failures. Uh, may I say tonight, uh, we all got problems uh, in this old wicked rotten flesh. Uh, we've all got more failures uh, than we could ever even write down uh, or pray and ask forgiveness for. Oh, but good news in the morning. There's help uh, for our flesh and for our failures tonight. There's help available for your flesh. And for your failures. You realize this Bible God left us is your only source of overcoming and destroying and defeating the flesh. The Word of God and prayer is the key, two key essentials to overcoming the flesh. You know what bothers me? Is how often I bring things up to me about me that God's done forgiven for God. And I'm looking at a bunch of people, you do the same thing. Well, I really, I know I ain't where I need to be, but man, I've just done so much. You know what you need to pray tonight? Lord, I need help. You need help overcoming your flesh and your failures. David makes reference to his iniquities. He said this in verse 4, They're gone over my head as a heavy burden. They are too heavy for me. Can I get a witness right there? I don't have to know all your failures to be heavy. I just got to look in the mirror and know mine and I'm so overwhelmed and burdened by me and my failures and my flesh and my faults and my shortcomings. My friend, if all that's all that we meddle in and that's all that we meditate on and that's all that we think about, friend, we're in dire need of help tonight from the Lord. I need help in my flesh. The very, tie, the very ones that, that, that sit in church and think, well, bless his heart, but I've done pretty good. 
You're in more need tonight than anybody else of help. Last I read the Word of God, and I know this is simple and and it's elementary, but it's just what the Lord gave me between services today. I had something else I was going to preach, but this is what He told me to preach on. I need help. Can I be honest with you? I left this morning in a bad mood. I know you don't like to hear stuff like that. Everybody thinks to preach is Superman. But boy, I'm telling you, I, and I know every sermon's not a home run. I know that. And I know they're not all supposed to feel like home runs. But boy, God really burdened my heart this morning. I felt like I just dropped the ball. I wasn't mad at y'all. I was mad at me. What did I do wrong? What, what, why did I preach that day? Why didn't I? And I'm just being honest with where I was at this morning. Boy, I just got, I let it get a hold of me. I was so mad and frustrated. And next thing I know, I'm in a bad mood with everybody. I'm hateful, snapped at my poor old sister. Bless her heart, she's already run over and overran with herself. And then, but I was treating her bad because the way I said. Come on, preacher, man. Boy, the Lord convicted me.
bad day and treating everybody around you like dogs because of it? Yes, sir. Yes, yeah. Ain't y'all ever get frustrated with things way, the, the way things are going at work or even maybe at church and you just get in a bad mood you hold, you hold things in and you hold things out and you look at so-and-so you can't believe that they're acting and doing the way that and the next thing you know, you're the one that's in the wrong. I need help. I need help from all right flesh and my failures. You know what I had to do? I don't know if today's confession Sunday or what, but I'm just going to tell you what I had to do. And I am supposed to be the example. So I sent this to her today. I said, sorry if I seem rude about your Jeep. It does look good. I'm just so frustrated with you that it's hard for me to rejoice over anything. I'm being honest. That's why I said what I said about your Jeep. And in reality, and I make a few comments, and then I said this. I said, I'm sorry if I offended you. I love you, Kayla Griffith. I'm honestly, I'm honestly just in my ticked off mode again. And I shouldn't take it out on you. I should be kind and watch what I say. So I'm sorry. She said it did offend me. Put a lot of money into it. Had a small breakdown. Then you act like I was going to drive away with Madison or something, like I was some sort of threat to her. I don't know. I cried a lot, but I'm okay. Love you too. I said, well, again, I take responsibility for being rude. And I'm sorry. I just didn't know what she was doing. I guess I wanted to prove my point. But again, no reason to be mean to you. That's on me. Y'all ever have to do things like that? If you don't, you need help. It's easy to do our family that way. Because you know what we know? At the end of the day, she's my sister. We're going to work through it and we're going to get over it. But we really need to ask God to help us with our whole rotten flesh. I mean, I need to be a Christian. Even the people I don't want to be. Ever overcome that rotten flesh and those felt you gonna have to get some help from the Lord. I need help. Number one, I need help concerning my flesh and my failures. Number two, I need help concerning my foolishness. Look at verse five. Isn't it amazing how God would just crawl up in your grill sometimes? what he's done to me today. I'm just preaching to you what I've been preached to today. Verse 5, David said, My wounds are, uh, stink and are corrupt because of what? In other words, there's signs, there's wounds, there's scars that are rotten. Things about me that are absolutely no good. And you want to know whose fault it is and what the cause is, Lord? It's my foolishness. How many of y'all have said and done foolish things? Amen. You know what you need? Meet some help. Make it so simple. I need help concerning all the 
preaching to me. Folks, we, we've been at this now eight years. And I'm not here to jump on you. This is what God preached me tonight. Uh, but, but I'm going to say this. There, there is times where there's just too much foolishness. Amen. Can I get an amen? Amen, yes, sir. There are times, there's been situations that, that it's just been foolish situations. Yes, sir. I'm as guilty as y'all are for those. We need help. We ought not act like fools. We got the God of heaven. That's right. I firmly believe that the great vast majority of the people here tonight have been saved by the blood of Jesus. Of all preachers. I really do. We ought not act and conduct ourselves like a bunch of fools. Right. Right. Amen. I could have run this out if I had time to give you all the verses about the foolish men in the right. Bible, but I, I can remember, so I can't quote it to you, but I can remember a lot of what the Bible says about fools. One thing it says is the fool uttereth all his mind. Yes, yeah. Well, bless God, I'm just going to tell, I'm going to speak my mind to being a fool. Right. Yes, sir. I'll be honest with you. Don't know what's on my mind at the time you find another church to go to. I need some help. Right. I'm a man just like y'all are. That's right. And my mind ain't no good if I'm not walking in the Spirit and I'm not put on that mind that this mind in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Listen to me. We say what's on our mind and we speak out of our own rotten, deceitfully wicked, desperately wicked heart. Not to be foolish. Yes. It really does pay to stop and think before you speak. Yes. God help us. Really does. Lord help us. We're also guilty of doing the opposite. I wish. I, don't y'all wish you could go back in time, take away some of the words that you spouted yes, off. Yes, sir. Well, I wish I could. Amen. Mainly to those I love the most. That's who's got the worst. That's exactly right. Amen. There have been things I've said and done concerning the church that I really wish I wouldn't, but really, the vast majority of my foolishness has been in my family. Come on, please. All of us. You know what I need? Help. Well, I'm not holler at the kids and tell them to shut up. That's foolish. Yes, sir. You with me? Amen. God chose you to teach them. That's more than words. That's right. Bring them to church and let them hear preachers not teaching them. You know that, don't you? No, that's right. That's right. They hear about what a Christian is when they come to church, but at home is where they ought to see what a Christian is. Yeah, that's right. That's good. Fussing and fighting with Anybody here been foolish? Said the scars and those those sores, those things in my, that's that's rotten. It's my foolishness. 
Let's bottle them on. Thirdly, tonight, I need help concerning my, fe- my feebleness. My feebleness. If you were to look up that word in the Webster 1828, it's defined like this. Weakness of body or mind from any cause, infirmity, the want of strength, physical, spiritual, or intellectual. Feebleness. Look at verse 6. David says, I am troubled. I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long. For my loins are filled with a loathsome disease. And there is no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and sore broken. I have roared by reason of the disquietness of my heart. I understand David's making a reference here to the uh, to the physical aspect of his body. And the physical disease. But may I say that we are weak in and of itself. We are feeble creatures tonight. you know we, we, we y'all remember Lance Armstrong what he wanted rode the bicycles mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure of them bands pretty sure they, meant, they said live strong I'm pretty sure what they said I was going along as a boy because it was fat I didn't know what things about concerning where, where he had been physically and you know, all that he was Live strong. Can I say something tonight? We all live strong. But our strength comes from where? You know what we need help with? Our feebleness. We really need to look through the scope of Scripture to see just how strong and stature we are. Outside of Him, we are but dust. Amen. Men are the worst for trying to bear the weight of the world Come on, preacher, and fix all the problems. Some of you fellas, you know what you need to do tonight? You crawl up and say, I need help, Lord, because I'm feeble. I'm not strong outside of you. There's hard things to admit for man because men are prideful in nature. Men, I mean, it's, we got the dominant factor, birth in our flesh, but God's not interested in how stout or strong that we are in the physical realm or how dominant we are or how alpha male we are. God's looking for somebody to say, I'm nothing. Did you know your testosterone levels and your ability to say nose to nose with anybody in the country don't impress God? Right. Bless y'all out I listened to a man ramble for three and a half days, it seemed like, the other night at dinner. And the whole thing was about how stout, how bad the bone, how I kid you, sir. I just hate They mess with me. I just kill them. I used to be a hood. Son, I'd rip their eyeballs out and use them for bull balls at the bar. I mean, I heard of them. I mean, that's just a big, bad wolf. And God is sitting in heaven going, that's why you stirred up trouble in that way, Amen. Man. Exactly right. Question. And that's what, that's what the world's motive behind that battle. Yep. He said he wants. What did you say? You didn't say instill fear, but something along those lines. He wants to uh bad no. He told me something that was good, whatever he said. God's looking for people that admit, Lord, I'm feeble and I need your help. All Really, when you look at David, you know what you'd see with the, with the eye of flesh? Strength and valor. Do you know how many people died by the hand of this man? 
And God was for it. Thousands upon thousands. I mean, he overthrew kingdoms. He overthrew those. He killed the baddest man that's ever walked the deserts of Israel. Goliath of Gath. Nobody wanted none. He was the champion. David took five smooth stones. Picked one out of the bunch, slung it, and God got behind that thing, aimed that giant's head right in the path, killed him dead in a hammer, pushed him over face down. David took his sword, cut his head off, walked through town. The girl started singing, Saul has slain his thousands, David his ten thousands. But did you know that David, despite David's great victories all throughout the Bible, here he gets to the place where God wants him to be. You know, you can only be used greatly by God and you can only have strength and valor and you can only be a giant killer for God when you realize how weak and feeble that you are. God, I need you to help me because I'm nothing. And I'm a nobody. That's where we ought to be tonight. I need help concerning my feebleness. Now here's a big one. Some people look down on you if you admit this. I need help concerning my feelings. I preach it. We don't operate off of feelings. But guess what? We all have them. Anybody ever hurt your feelings? Anybody ever bother your feelings? Anybody ever aggravate your feelings? I need a little help tonight. Feelings are a very big part of our lives. Whether or not you want to admit that. Look at verse number 9. Lord, all my desires before thee, and my groaning is not hid from thee. My heart panteth, my strength faileth me. As for the light of mine eyes, it also is gone uh, from me. My lovers and my friends stand aloof. That means at distance from my sore, and my kinsmen stand afar off. They also that seek after my life lay snares for me, and they seek my hurt, speak mischievous things, and imagine deceits all the day long. David says, not only is it my enemies that's uh, standing against me, but my friends and those I love, they're standing at distance, they're far away, they're not close, they don't care. My heart and the light, uh, my, my heart panteth, my strength faileth, the light of mine eyes is gone. My lovers and my friends stand aloof, uh, and my kinsmen stand, my feelings are hurt. Can everybody see that? You know what you need help with? You need help with our feelings. Can I say there's been a many a people do a many a thing because of their feelings? You with me? Hope this is helping somebody. Can I be honest with you? There's, there's, there's people here tonight. You've hurt my feelings. That sounds so babyish and childish, don't it? You've hurt my feelings. Guess what? Some of y'all is looking at me thinking, you've hurt my feelings. And I know I have. You know what we need to do tonight? We need to ask the Lord to help us with our feelings. You know what feelings will do if you live off your feelings? It puts the emphasis on you. Right. You know why your 
your feelings get hurt? Because if you were that person, you would not have done you that way. Therefore, your feelings say, you didn't deserve that. Your feelings say, that was wrong and mean of them. Your feelings say, you're not loved. You're unwanted. Right. You're not good enough. You're not, here we go, girls. You're not pretty enough. Here we go, boys. You're not handsome enough. I need a witness. Those things don't go on in the church world. Who are you kidding? Relationships make me a nervous wreck. Why? What if they don't work out? You see, it's not it. I got news for you. I love him, and I want him to stay here till the day he dies. Unless God just picks him up, writes it on the wall, flies it across the sky with a plane, and scrapes it in my heart, and makes a billboard on Highway 25 that says he's supposed to leave. Right. And I feel the same way about my sister in law, who just came out together. They're in a relationship. What if it don't work out? Her feelings and his feelings. I'm not saying it happened, but I would hope that they would both rely on the Lord enough to say, God, help me with my feelings. Right. Exactly right. And put away, quote unquote, the awkwardness. Yes. Realize there's a greater good and his name's God. That's right. Those who he thought he loved is walking away from him. You see that? You see how this is all backwards? We want the enemies to go that way, and our friends and our loved ones to come this way. But in David's life, it's working the opposite. His enemies and his foes is coming at him, and those that he thought loved him was his friends are standing far off from him. It's it's reversed. His feelings are hurt. You know, I preach. I just preached this this week in South Carolina about bitterness, about grudges and different things. I preach what to do when you're in danger of being stoned, and one of my points was stop taking it personal. You realize tonight, if you're going to ever go on for God, you're going to have to learn how to go through times that your feelings get hurt. And the only way you're going to make it through those times, because it's real to you, we may look at it and say, ah, good day, get over it. But to you, it's big. 
and to you it hurts and to you it's painful. And here's here's my only advice: just don't take it personal. And I know that's easier said than done. But if you look at Jesus and look at Calvary and look at how He was done in light of who He was, then look at how you've been done in light of who you are. There's no comparison and it will help you get through those times of hurt feeling. Can you imagine? He, he took these 12 disciples. He's radically changed their lives. He's given power that they never knew about. He saw things they would never known. They witnessed miracles they would have never seen. I mean, their lives have been turned inside out for the good because of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And there's one of them that showed up to the cross. Does that tell you all anything about people? Yeah. I'm not talking about a good, a good prophet or a good king or a good Sunday school teacher or the mayor or the sheriff. I'm talking about the Son of God had one man stick it out. Peter's off cussing by the fire, and next time he sees him, he's naked on the boat. Judas is hanging. He done went and hung himself because he sold it, sold it out to the Lord Jesus who called him friend when he betrayed him with a kiss. He sold him out for 30 pieces of silver, and he's, and he's overwhelmed. He put the money back and went and hung himself. Hello? Thomas is, is, is somewhere off in the cave down with God and Jesus leaving who said he was. I mean, even John the Baptist, when he was in prison, sent his disciples and said, Go see if he's really the one. Ain't nothing but women. That Calvary. We being faithful. And one man, John the Beloved. And he looked at John the Beloved and he said, Woman, hold my son, son, hold thy mother. Passes to the pond, if you will. John, take care of my mama. Right. One, listen to me, one person went all the way to the end. If Jesus was 100% man, how many of y'all believe that? Was. If you don't believe that, we'll have that Sunday school teaching. Right. Sunday school lesson. Jesus was 100% mankind in the flesh, just like you. You believe that? He's also 100% God, manifest in the flesh. You believe that? So if he's 100% God and 100% man, the 100% God of him dealt with it the right way. And we know he didn't sin, even though he was tempted in all points as we are in this flesh. He didn't sin, but don't you dare think for a second that he did not feel the hurt and the betrayal of all those men. In other words, I believe it's safe to say that even Jesus got his feelings in That would hurt, boys. It saves sin. Save sin would hurt. Look at all he's done to all them people. And if I crucified and his disciples that's, if he didn't have his feelings hurt, why in the world did he pray, Father, forgive them? So they know not what to do. It hurts. Anybody here tonight dealing with some hurt and hard feelings? You need help. You need the Lord to help you. Let's look on. 
I need help concerning my feelings. Six, uh, fifth tonight, I need help concerning my focus. Look at verse 13. He said, but I, as a deaf man, heard not. He's talking about the, the, those, those, uh, those that... Look at verse 12. Let me read it. They also that seek after my life lay snare of me, and they that seek my hurt speak mischievous things and imagine deceits all day long. So they're talking about him. They speak mischievous things. They imagine deceitful things. Look at verse 13. But I as a deaf man heard not. Boy, that's good. In other words, he shut out the noise. And I was as a dumb man that opened not his mouth. That's good too. Would you all say amen right here? He wasn't listening to them and he wouldn't say nothing back to them. Verse 14, Thus I was as a man that heareth not and whose mouth are no reproofs. For in thee, O Lord, do I hope. Thou wilt hear, O Lord, my God. For I said, Hear me, lest otherwise they should rejoice over me when my foot slippeth. They magnify themselves against me. David here is saying, Lord, I've done my best to turn a deaf ear to those uh, enemies and what they and I've done my best to take my time, but Lord, I have had to really focus. Notice verse 16. He said, Lest otherwise they should rejoice over me when my foot slippeth. They magnify themselves against me. You know what we need help with? Focus. David had help with focusing on what was right. You know what he knew in the back of his mind? If I give in to what they're saying, and I stick to their level and start saying things back, I will have let my foot slip. Right. By the way, listen to me. Somebody throw a song book or shout or grunt or just look at me would be a blessing tonight. That we do have a firm foundation. Yeah. We don't have to slip and fall. But the only way you're going to stay solid on that firm foundation is if you ask the Lord to help you with your focus. Do not focus on the oppression. Do not focus on the naysayer. Do not focus on this one and that one. Matter of fact, don't even focus on one another. You know how many people quit church because they get focused on people in the church? Yes, right. Amen. You're not here for people in church. Well, I wouldn't come. No, so I just can't hardly deal with them. Go in the crowd. Amen. If you pick me up with me, probably can't either. But I'm not here for so and so. Amen. And I hope you're not here for so and so. I'm not even here for you. God knows it. And listen, I don't want you to be here for me. We ought to be here for Him tonight. We need God to help our focus. Get it off me, off the words of men, the ways of men. Get it on the Lord in the ways of the Lord. We need help tonight. We need help concerning the focus. I need help concerning my finishing. Look at verse 17. We're just walking through this psalm. Is that alright with you? Yes, David says, I'm ready to halt. Any of y'all ever been there? In other words, I'm ready to stop. I'm ready to quit. I'm ready to bounce. I'm ready to, I'm ready to wave goodbye. I'm ready to raise the white flag of surrender. I'm ready to find another church. I'm ready to find another pulpit. 
I'm ready to find another wife. I'm ready to find another husband. I'm ready to find a new set of in-laws. I'm ready to find a new set of outlaws. Can I get a witness to anybody? I mean, I'm just done with it. I am almost ready to halt. And my sorrow, verse 17, is continually before me. For I will declare my iniquity. I'll be sorry for my sin. But my enemies are lively and they're strong and they hate me wrongfully. Multiply. David makes it very clear from verse 17 to verse 19. He's had all he can take and he's ready to quit. You know what we need help to do? We need help if we're going to finish. Is there anybody here that has never had the thoughts of quitting? Has anybody ever just coasted all through all your storms and troubles and trials and just said, bless God, I'm enjoying it, I'm just going to hammer down? I don't care who you are, we've all thought about Paul. Right. Yes. Right. Yeah. I'm going to be like Paul. I have fought a good fight. Yeah. Yeah. I have finished yes. my course. Right. Man. I wonder how many times people's bailed out before God was finished with them. Right. Right. Yeah. And I say if I stop tonight, I can say it's been a good eight years. But I wonder how much good I've robbed myself and robbed you all of. Concerning our finishing. 
Can I go on lastly tonight in the last three verses and say, I need help concerning my following. Not who's following me, but who I'm following. Look at verse 20. They also that render evil for good are mine adversaries because I follow the thing that is good. Forsake me not, O Lord, O my God. Be not far from me. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. I need help concerning my following. Can I say two things tonight? It's easy to forget about following and finishing when you become occupied, number one, by your foes. Look at verse 20. David's overwhelmed, occupied by his foes. He says, they also that render evil for good are mine adversaries. Because I follow the thing. In other words, they're not just against me. The reason they're against me is because I'm trying to do right. That's what Brother Dax said just a few moments ago. Preacher, it ain't what you've done wrong this morning. It's what you've done right. But I get like David. And say, Lord, this is how it's going to be. I want to quit. And you know what he's telling me? Go none, go with me. Still you need to follow us. Right. Go none, go with me. Still, still I will follow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go with me. Yeah. Still I will follow. Yeah. No turning back. Yeah, that's it. No turning back. Yeah. The world behind me. The cross oh, before Yes, sir. The world behind me. Struggling, this ain't a soapbox. We've been struggling. 
This is God's truth. Had I not been gone the last two weeks, we would have had one red cent. Tell them why, too. Because you wouldn't take your money from the church. Tell them. Hey, man. My lack of faith. Yeah. Right? She's always been the one that had the faith when I didn't. This week, Brother Isaac got to preach. I think it was Wednesday night, wasn't it? Yeah. Brother Shook came up to me. I was, I was preaching the Bible. And he came up and he said, Man, it's been on my heart. He said, What do you think about letting Isaac preach about 10 or 15 minutes? I said, Just let him preach. Right? Not yet. Yeah. Because I don't know if he'd get going. They don't want him to stop after about 10 or 15 minutes down there with him. Right. Amen. Thank the Lord. Amen. I said, just let him preach. I said, don't worry about me. I'm going to enjoy the off. Just be honest with you. Sure enough, he got up there and hammered down. So I'm on some things. We need to kiss goodbye. Right. He got to preaching in a big way, and Brother Shook got up and said, Hey, we're going to let this young preacher know we love him. He said, I, I'll never forget when God's people give him the first love offer, the first big love offer. We're going to take care of him. Boy, they started going in there, and he said, All right, Brother Josh, come on. Well, the preacher was done. So I started to say a few things, got a big way, and I know it was the Lord, and I said, Matter of fact, I said, I was going on behind the back, stay faithful through the trials and tests and torments, and, and I said, That's a problem, don't get there, and I was having a big time. And I said, Matter of fact, I'm going to add that other offer. I said, Put me down for 150 in your ice cream pot. And so, 
buy a church. He's apple paid his preacher for it. Can I get some help out there? For nothing. Just send me money because he just wanted to. So I said, Isaac, I've never done this, but I want to apple pay you that 150. So I had to put in the 150. Then I said, you're going to 